0: We listen to yours, the new face of talk radio, Voice America Women's Radio Network.
1: Welcome to The Catherine Zox Show. This informative and entertaining show will start your mornings off on the right foot. Here's your host, Catherine Zox, your social worker with the microphone.
2: Welcome to The Catherine Zox Show. I am Catherine Zox. I am your social worker with the microphone, and you're listening to Voice America Women's Network. And joining me this morning is my co-host, Lauren Beller. How are you this morning, Lauren? Good morning, Catherine. I'm good. How are you? (laughs) I am fine. I am back from Dubai. And how was it? It was one of the most incredible experiences that I've ever had. I mean, I think as one gets older, and this is what I keep telling everybody, Lauren, there aren't a lot of really new experiences necessarily. They may, You know, you take trips and you do different kinds of things. This is something that was so out of my realm in terms of, I mean, Dubai is a kingdom. And yeah, a it's king. a
3: great way of saying it.
2: Yeah, and you know, I've been in, I've been to Cuba, I've been to places where there are dictators and different forms of government, but this is a kingdom that is like it's surrealistic. Ask me questions. I, I mean, it was I've just, never
3: heard of anybody describe it that way.
2: Yeah, it's a kingdom. So what's a kingdom like? Well, you have a king, and the king has lots and lots of, of, of money, and you fly into Dubai. We also went to Oman. I had no idea where or what Oman was, but we wound up going to Oman as well. It borders Dubai. There are seven Arab emirates. That is one of them. And when you fly in in the morning, we got in—you know what—it was at dawn, and you're sort of you're flying over the desert, and all you see, hundreds of miles apart, Lauren, are these oil fields, and you—and they look like kind of like small torches on the ground, and yeah, I I mean, you know, obviously, I've never—maybe if I lived in Texas, I would have seen. (laughs) Maybe you have to say it sounds like Texas, is it? Yeah, I mean you. I guess there are oil fields like that. But anyway, and then as you come in, you see hundreds of these, like, they look like little black um, toy square blocks, I would describe them. And so you're flying in over it. Now it's the Arabian Sea. And these little blocks suddenly become bigger and bigger. And there may probably hundreds of them. They're oil tankers from all over the world coming to pick up the crude oil.
3: Oh, wow. And oh, oh, oh. So it does sound like a kingdom. It sounds very... Um, majestic and hierarchic, Hierarchical. Well, it is.
2: It's Majestic is a good word because it's like, and then you fly into the airport in Dubai, which is huge, but they're building one that's even bigger. Everything is bigger and better. It's it's mm-hmm. like everything is huge and new and big um, because the country just, they discovered oil in 1969, so it hasn't been that long since they've been doing all this building and stuff. They're building an airport that's going to be twice, Going to be the size of O'Hare, Chicago Airport, and Heathrow combined. No. Yes. And this one, we're standing in line to go through customs, and there are a thousand people there, organized in line from Interesting. all. Interesting. <laughs> and how's the security? Security is. I mean, I think there's probably you know, secu- it's easy. You don't. You're not aware necessarily that there's more security or less security. I mean, you go through the same kinds of security that you do uh, in the United States or in Europe. Yeah, just typical. Nothing. Nothing different. Nothing no. less or more. No. not exact No. Nothing out of the ordinary. The and how same, about
3: the people? Did you, did you meet people?
2: Totally international. Everybody's yeah. from all over the world. Eighty percent of the people who live in Dubai, Lauren, are. Are not nationals are from somewhere else. So only twenty percent of the people who live there are actually uh, from Dubai. Interesting. Yeah, and it's this. So every the five star hotels are built like kingdoms themselves. I've never seen that. You go and they're all many of some of them are in the city. Some of them because it's right on the Arabian Gulf. We uh-huh. went to the beach one day. How was the beach? Was it gorgeous? Beautiful. Mm beautiful beach. And the beach, you see, of course, this variety. I mean, mostly Europeans so and, and Canadians and Americans and, you know, Southeast Asia, Indians, Pakistan. So the women all have like bathing suits on, two-piece bathing suits. But then occasionally you, you'll see a woman in a, a baya, which is like a burqa, except that it, the face is not covered. Uh-huh. And then one lone person on the beach had a thong on, which was so out of... <laughs> There's always one, I guess, right? Yeah, but it was so out of character. I mean, to see that. Uh, That's funny. Yeah. And, you know, our hotel was on what they call the Dubai Creek, which is this waterway that goes into the city. And the weather was beautiful 60s at night, 70s during the day. Food is fabulous from all around the world. Biggest shopping centers Uh in in the world. Uh, Indoor ski resort inside of a shopping mall. That's amazing. It's just amazing. an indoor
3: ski resort inside a shopping mall.
2: Yes, this is used to be one of the biggest shopping malls in the world. I think now there's a bigger one in China, or two bigger ones, and they're building even one that's three times the size of Everybody's this. Everybody's into these big malls. Big malls shopping. They have the international shopping festival. Right, you
3: said that.
2: <laughs> we sure. missed it by a week.
3: Oh, okay, but did you have it? Was there any left over? Like sometimes they have vendors. Oh, yeah.
2: They had Everything they have all the high-end designer stuff in, in all the malls, and then they have the regular stuff. You know, yep. they you know from Radio Shack to anything that we buy here. Exactly. They have. Yeah. yeah. So and we went and they have they have camel races, and we took these camel SU- races. <laughs> oh my god!
3: So, so we went
2: camel race. Well, we went and saw where the camels were practicing, racing, you okay. know, when they practiced the camels. And we, you know, went to a camel farm, and then we we uh, did this excursion in the desert with these, there were three or four SUVs, and they took us to Oman, and we went up into the Hazir Mountains, and um, which are these huge mountains with caves inside, not as big as in Pakistan, but uh, so we were in Oman for the day. And so what's the weather like? Oh, well, the weather at this time of year, if you're going to go... Uh-huh. And it's interesting because on the show today, and we're going to have a, uh, a Christina Carlson who is a travel specialist. So uh-huh. she's going to be <laughs> maybe she's listening now. But anyway, um, what was
3: the question? What's the weather like? The weather. So you went at this, to the beach, and then you did the. Um, you went into the desert for an excursion. So I was wondering how hot it was. Uh, it Doesn't get really hot until so April. Hot. Okay.
2: Yeah. I would not. April to September, I think it can go up to a hundred and like thirty or forty degrees Fahrenheit oh, wow. at this time of year beautiful like 60s at night where you'd want to wear a little jacket or not you could or not and then during the day high 70s sounds like austin yes i think it is and i'm coming to austin
3: i know I,
2: soon yeah very soon south by southwest the film festival which you and i talked you about are last just week. a
3: world traveler
2: well i have to get it all in i like now have it in my head i've got to get everywhere as fast <laughs> as i, <laughs> as I so can so i want to know
3: what's different about you now that you've been to dubai
2: What's different about me? Yeah. That's a good question. It changed me. I It did. I think that every time, I think the things that change me the most are usually my travels and what I get and a different perspective on things. I think I have a very different perspective on um, the Middle East, actually, on the countries in the Middle East. I mean, I always, it, it just ignorance, I guess, thinking mm. about the Middle East in terms of, you know, uh, not being, and it's not true, I mean, you can see it on the net. It's not as if it's the information isn't available, but kind of thinking of people as kind of um not not modern buildings or not doing you know they they're they're surfboarding in in, in Dubai and the kids are, you know and and doing all the same kinds of things that we do and um so I guess it's kind of like i I realize how first of all how these countries are really modernizing themselves. I mean yeah. with all the yeah. And um
3: and so the United States isn't so modern.
2: Yeah, right. The United States our infrastructure is really antiquated. And mm-hmm. I think that that's a really important point. And I think one one of the things that has made us strong uh, at at the turn of the century was that we had a very, very um sophisticated infrastructure in nineteen hundred, let's say, and we don't have that anymore. Yeah. I mean, That's
3: interesting. Have, yeah. It's like it's almost like we've taken for granted our um, position, if you will. And over the last what decade, two decades, yeah. twenty-five years or so, that other countries are really paying attention and catching up in every way. It sounds like uh,
2: you're absolutely right, and you find that I think in some in the European countries, and and particularly in in the Middle East, yeah, and in China. I mean, we are kind of getting behind and they're catching up. And I think mm-hmm. of course the power of the internet and all that those Absolutely. kinds of things. Yeah. yeah. But uh yeah, that that's that's glaring I think when you go to, to at least when I'm w- going to Dubai. They're gonna have Dubai land actually. <laughs> Steven Spielberg is going Spielberg, I always say Spiel <laughs> um, so is where I'm coming from. Spielberg is uh going to have his I don't know, films or whatever it is in Dubai land. Yeah, the infrastructure. And Dubai they, Land will be what? It's kind of. I guess if Dubai Land is going to be kind of like Disney World. I guess. I don't know. It sounds like when you said it, that's the first thing I
3: thought of. But I have a feeling it's going to have a different twist. Yeah, definitely. Everything. Wow. So, yeah. To say again for me what's different. Emotionally. What did you learn? What did
2: I learn? I I think I learned. Um, I think. I guess I get, the thing that keeps coming back to me is that. Um, uh, that Thomas Friedman thing, which really, you know, the world is flat. Yeah. That it is a global economy. Yeah, yeah, okay. That you can't just be – we can't be isolated with this kind of isolated – I think and sometimes we tend to, and I say we, I don't know, you know, Americans maybe have this kind of – even though we get around and we have the net, but there's this a uh, little bit of an isolationist kind of perspective on the world. Does
3: that make sense? It does. And um, so in some ways it sounds like – in. In another bad way at all. I don't mean it bad. It's like the world got smaller for you because it is, there's a lot of similarities. It's not so foreign. It's not so far away. It's not so, it's more, it's more of what you know.
2: It's more of what I know. We were in one of the shops, we were in a a, um, shopping mall, one of the upscale shopping malls and one Uh of the stores that I always buy my clothes uh, in New York where I get some of my uh, suits and stuff. Mm -hmm. What. Suit is in the window, but the suit that I just wore two weeks ago to my husband's oh, wedding. Oh, really?
3: <laughs> you are so in too. Uh, can you believe it? It that's was just funny. But, you know, did you just buy it this season? Yeah, I just bought
2: yeah. it this season. And so I, yeah, I went inside and I said, "Can we take a picture of it of one of the of the models?" And she said, "Well, you're not supposed to." But that's you know, I and I explained to her, "Well, I have that same suit." And she said, "Okay, fine." She said, "You know, so you know, with Barry with his big camera and stuff." Exactly. Yeah, so he took a picture. I took a photograph of it there. Yeah, they also in Dubai. They have the biggest, uh, tallest building. Do they? Yeah, the tallest building in the world. Yeah, the tallest building in the world. And we have our guest actually. She's here early. She only has about fifteen minutes, as I understand it. So, I don't know, but we could start. I'd, I'd like to talk to her now because go she's, for it. She, she's all well. Christina Carlson. Christina Carlson. You can go to her website at uh, ChristinaCarlson.com. dot com. She's the producer a former Radio City Rockette and Brown University graduate. How's that for credentials? Unbelievable. Nice. Yeah, Traveling the world for the past four years as host and travel editor of Travel a la Mode on American Airlines and U.S. Airways. And we're specifically going to discuss trends in the travel industry for women today because women are traveling more than ever. U.S. women have become a driving force in the travel industry. I'm one of them. And it is estimated they will spend some $125 billion on travel in 2008 so we're going to take a break now right a short break now and we'll come back real quick so we can uh, have the opportunity to talk to christina
0: Talk with you, not at you. We're Voice America, Women's Radio Network, the new face of talk radio. Ladies, are you looking for a place where you can talk candidly about anything and everything? Well, here it is. Timeless Women Speak on the Voice America Women's Channel. We'll talk about sexuality, age-proofing your career, finding your passion and purpose, keeping your brain power, keeping your marriage fresh, dating for grown-ups, plastic surgery, surviving our beauty culture, and much more. Tune in Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific to Timeless Women Speak with Dr. Nancy O'Reilly on the Voice America Women's
4: channel experts say everybody is addicted to something did you know that addiction affects about 15 percent of our country's middle class population how many people do you know who are dependent on some kind of substance would you guess your friends your neighbors how about your family you may be surprised many of us live with chronic pain which has made us drug dependent prescription drug dependent others struggle with alcohol methamphetamine and cocaine addiction have a chronic pain problem there is another way out tune in each thursday at 8 a.m pacific 11 a.m eastern time for a new prescription for health with dr richard gracer on the voice america health and wellness channel
0: radio that talks with you not at you voice america women's radio network
1: You're listening to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America Women's Channel. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. Welcome
3: back
2: to The Catherine Zox Show. I am Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone on Voice America Women's Network. And thank you for joining us this morning, Uh, joining Lauren and me is Christina Carlson, producer, former Radio City Rockhead and Brown University graduate who has spent the past four years traveling the world as host and travel editor of Travel a la mode on American Airlines and U.S. Airways. And uh, she's here to talk to us about women's travel because U.S. women have become a driving force in the travel industry, and it is estimated that they will spend some $125 billion, that's right, ladies, on travel in 2008. Welcome to the show, Christina. Christina, nice to have you on this morning.
5: Thanks, Catherine. I'm really excited to be here.
2: Well, were you listening? Did you hear a little bit of what Lauren and I were talking about before you got on? Because I just got back from Dubai and Oman.
5: And how was that?
2: It was incredible. It was just something, and I travel a lot too, so I want to hear what you have to say about women and travel. I mean, I didn't go by myself. I went with my boyfriend partner, and that's a different situation. But um, women are traveling. Why? What's motivating us to travel and take Girlf- well, you talk about girlfriend getaways or just traveling on our own?
5: Well, I'll tell you, Catherine, here's the scoop. Women are finding that a girlfriend getaway really lets them relax and recharge in a way that we just can't do in our daily life because, as you know, we're always taking care of something, whether it's the house, the job, the spouse, the child. You know, there's always something we have to worry about, but if we can get away with our friends, it allows us to reconnect with them with our inner sense of self, and we're finding that travel, in fact, is a very empowering experience.
2: It is. I think every time I travel, and that's what my co-host who's on with us, Lauren, asked me, she said, you know, how does it change you? I think every. you're so right, Christina, because every place you go, you get a different perspective, and it always changes you. I think travel is very empowering. That's how I would describe it. But now, okay, specifically for women. Now, are there some destinations, Christina, that are, sort of more, are are, more, are easier for women to travel to or to enjoy more or some places that women should stay away from?
5: Well, I'll tell you, topping the list for all girlfriend getaways is the islands of the Bahamas. Now, it's actually 700 different islands, so it truly does offer something for everyone. Now, you're going to go and find perfectly clear turquoise water, some of the most beautiful pink and white sand beaches you're ever going to find. And you can go for the adventure, the Casino Royale, James Bond type of adventure if you want and check out Nassau and Paradise Islands as well as Grand Bahama Island. Or you can go for what is becoming one of the hottest trends in women's travel today. Go for a more authentic laid-back, natural setting, and check out one of the out islands.
2: So what would that be, a a laid-back? In other words, you don't have to, like, if you're going to one of the big hotels, you have to get more dressed up and be concerned about the way you look. So are you saying, Christina, like the outer islands are more casual in terms of dress and and, and that kind of stuff? Yeah.
5: Well, you know, something that the Bahamas like to talk about is they have beaches for everyone, whether it's the destination or the deserted. And when I mean that one of the hottest trends is an authentic experience, It's the experience that really makes you feel like a local, that you've really been there. You know, it's not the typical tourist kind of activities, and people more and more are looking for that kind of option. So you can grab a hammock, grab a book, find a deserted, beautiful beach, and have that. But at the same time, you know, it's not as much the destination as the bonding, and women bond really well over lots of activities, trying something new. And something, for instance, that you can do on NASA on Paradise Island is go sailing on an America's Cup sailboat. Oh, that's very cool. It's great. It gets that heart pumping. And, you know, I'll tell you a great statistic, that in 2007 the number of women adventure travel companies expanded by 230%, which is phenomenal,
2: so, in other words, what you're saying, Christina, people, women don't simply want to go figure out, you know, where you're going to go for dinner every night, lie on the beach and get tanned. But there's other things that, you, well, you go on this America's Cup on the on the ship, boat or whatever. That's that's very exciting. And but, So how do you book these adventure travel trips? What do you do? Where would you go? Let's say listeners, women are listening, say, okay, I'd like to go to the Bahamas, want to go on one of these adventure travels. How do they do it? Where
5: well, do they you, go? Well, if you want to know about the Bahamas, go to... Uh, their website, which is www.bahamas.com. And it's going to give you all the options. You know, when people ask me, what do women look for when we travel? I say, we look for what we always look for in life, and that's options. You know, we want comfort, we want attractive scenery, lots of activities, and of course, great food. But it's the chance to bond while doing new adventures. And it's, those kind of adventures that men have been taking for years. You know
2: yeah, men, and they usually take you're so right, they take those golf trips usually, are they? Yeah. I, you know don't they? Yeah.
5: <laughs> you know, and honestly, men have been doing this for years, right? And yeah. I I listen, I, I want to give, you know, men their men their respect. The fact is they are becoming much more supportive now of their spouse or girlfriend to do the same because they see how it's important for them that it really enriches their life and they actually are being more supportive of women to take these trips, which is especially nice, let's say, if a woman is a mother and has a family to worry about. But, you know, when, let's say, if you're a mother, when you go on vacation with your family, you feel responsible if the weather's bad. You know, when you get away with your girlfriends, you don't have to worry about anyone other than yourself. And it's that kind of experience that we need to enrich our life.
2: Yeah, so right, and I think one of the other things, when you, as you're describing it, Christina, I think another thing it does for women when you take these kinds of trips with your girlfriend, you come back refreshed, number one, and then when your husband or your partner or your spouse wants to go on one of these trips, you're not resentful because you've done it yourself. You know what it does for you. You know the positive effects. So it, I think it helps balance sometimes the relationship in, in a very positive way with, with couples.
5: Yes, no, exactly, exactly. Because, you know, you have to be happy and enriched in your own life to be able to share that.
2: Exactly. So now tell me, what's your favorite place or is there a favorite place that you have that you've been with your girlfriends?
5: Well, (laughs) now that's a tricky question. It is. But I'm I'm going to share with you something which is a secret because, honestly, my whole thing is about uncovering secrets because (gasps) that's what I like to do. Baltimore. Catherine, did you realize that Baltimore is one of the best-kept secrets?
2: I do, but I have to tell you, Christina, not to me. My mother lives in Baltimore.
5: Uh, Well, you see, then you know. But a lot of people, they don't realize this. It is remarkably affordable. And honestly, what do we love more than a great deal, right? Exactly. And it surprises you every time. I found that there's so much culture, shopping, dining, you know, that it really does give you so many options, something for every style, every budget, every taste. You know, it's not just about crab cakes, although, honestly, they're fantastic. And yeah. if you go to Baltimore, you need to have them. You have to have, to have them. them. You <laughs> have to have them. It's yeah. a quintessential experience. Uh-huh. But there really is the gamut from the five-star chef to the local market. Um, I was surprised to find that the shopping really does rival so many of the big cities. And, you know, listen, you're a gal, so you're going to appreciate this. One of my favorite stores I have to mention is called Ma Petite Shoe. And they sell fantastic designer shoes along with gourmet chocolate. What so a combination. Got, yeah, right. We have shoes. We have chocolate. I don't need to say more.
2: You don't. So, but you, what you do have to say is where is it? You go to, I know there's the Inner Harbor, which is a gorgeous spot on the water and in Baltimore. But where is Ma Petit Choo? Is that in the Inner Harbor? Is it in the city? Or where is it? It's in
5: Fells Point.
2: Okay, fells Point I know where that is that's a yep okay that's and a that's great...
5: really that's a great place to go spend a day explore because it's the historic cobblestone neighborhood there's the water a lot of great ethnic restaurants you know and you have the young professionals you have the families you have all the different ethnic flavors there It's a really great place to spend a day
2: and you also have the the, uh, the, the symphony the Baltimore Symphony
5: yeah uh, let me mention the first. Symphony in a major city to have a female director.
2: Yeah, which is there, and I hear she's wonderful. It's gotten a really great response.
5: She is, and you know what? It's nice because I hate to say it, but you know, some of the men weren't so sure in the beginning.
2: I'm sure they weren't, and probably even you're being kind.
5: (laughs) Well, (laughs) I'm I'm being diplomatic, Catherine, on the air, but yeah, but she's being fantastic, and that's really something exciting to see. But as well as the symphony. For instance, the museums have no entry charge and the Baltimore Museum of Art has one of the has actually the largest holding of works by Matisse anywhere.
2: Yeah, that is a fabulous, I so agree with you. That is a fabulous museum and I think one of the things we've kind of sort of alluded to it here you have a city, a good medium-sized city that has all of these attributes, and it's really not that expensive. I mean, if you go to New York or L.A. or Chicago, it's much more expensive. And yet in Baltimore, which you're saying, I mean, you've got the symphony, you have the museums, you have the water, and you have the shopping, the shoes and the chocolate. So what else do you want? <laughs> exactly.
5: But, you know, people are always asking me what my latest accessory is. And this may sound strange coming from a female, but I am completely obsessed with a new electronic device that I found that I want to tell you about. It's Toshiba's new portable DVD player, the SDP-2900. And the reason that I love it is, number one, I'm a big old movie fan, and I can get three movies in one charge. And my girlfriend that I travel with all the time, she can watch it with me because the screen, first of all, is large, a really great quality high resolution, but it has two headset jacks, so we can both be watching at the same time without... You know that feeling of having to get all into each other's space to watch a screen? You don't have to worry about that.
2: That's Now so you bring that with you on your trip. So now if you're going to the remote places like in the Bahamas and stuff, you have that, right? Is that Yes. What you, and, yeah. and
5: and you know just because you mentioned watching in the bah- in the Bahamas, you have a remote control, you have a non-glare screen. So if you're in a hammock, you don't want to disturb your tan lines. You're still good to go. <laughs> but, I mean, Christina, how,
2: I have to ask you, how yeah. did you get this job? I mean, this is like the – I know you went to Brown. My, my middle son went to Brown at a great oh. school. Yeah. And then you're a Rockette, so you're gorgeous. You've got both, you know, smart and I obviously have all the credentials. But this is like the perfect
5: job for a woman,
2: it would seem to me.
5: Well, you know it is, and you text in the mail for all those fabulous things you said. But I'll tell <laughs> you, the, uh, the audition for this job happened to be about New York and museums. And I majored in art history in college. I grew up in New York. You know, so, um, you know, clearly I like to talk. I just went in and I just talked about what I know, which is really what I get to do now. I get to travel all over the world and tell people what I've discovered, which is really my favorite thing is sharing with my girlfriends because that's but, what we do. But And you've got
2: all – you've been everywhere, I, or not everywhere, I assume. Just tell us – Give us a place we should go to that most people, you know, haven't been Is there a place that most people haven't been to yet? I mean, after you say it on the air, of course, everyone's going to know, but is is there any real remote place that we can oh. go, still go to, or is that still a secret until after you've been there?
5: <laughs> <laughs> right. What secret do I want to give away? Yeah. Now, the thing is, there, there are not that many undiscovered places, you know, people are always putting out books and lists of of all the places you can go, and actually, there's a guy who has a website of literally every place you can go, you know, but I was in Chiang Mai riding elephants in Thailand, you know, that's kind of fantastic, although... It turned out I next to me was a couple from Ohio. Yeah. So,
2: <laughs> or your next-door neighbor. I run into my next-door neighbor watching this, uh, the statue of uh, David in, in Italy, and there's my neighbor from across the street. <laughs> so that was, like, really, <laughs> really exciting. We've uh-huh. <laughs> we got a minute left. Anything you want to leave us with? Okay, do you want to oh. tell us that website, though? Where that? Well, or? yes,
5: you can get everything on my website, christinacarlson.com. But let me leave you with one thing. People always ask, safety? What's your biggest tip? Honestly, Catherine, it is so simple. Our best guide is our women's intuition. Use your gut and all the awareness and common sense you have in your daily life. Just bring it on the road. And if you're proactive instead of reactive, I guarantee you that will enrich not only your travel, but your life.
2: Great. Wonderful advice. Don't be afraid. Get out there. Use your intuition. Go with your girlfriends and um, take these wonderful trips. Great having you on the show. And go to Christina's website, which is ChristinaCarlson.com, for more information. Happy travels. Thanks, Catherine. Great talking to you. Great to talk to you. Christina Carlson, who is uh, the host and travel editor of Travel a la Mode. And coming up next is Leslie Lair. She is the author of Wife Goes On and she'll be with us in a few minutes. I'm Catherine Sox. Thanks for joining us this morning on Voice America Women's
3: Network. We'll be back in a minute.
0: Talk radio that informs, entertains, and enlightens you. Voice America, Women's Radio Network.
1: Com presents Jack Lelane Live on the Voice America Health and Wellness Radio Network. Each week, Jack is joined by Elaine LaLanne and his nephew, bodybuilder, kinesiologist, and personal trainer, Chris LaLanne, to answer your questions and help you overcome your fitness roadblocks. That's three times the diet and fitness know-how. Three times the entertainment. Tune in every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific to Jack LaLanne Live on the Voice America Health and Wellness Radio Network.
0: We all- have issues parenting addictions disorders anxiety stress how do we expand on what's working and improve what's not let quantum leaps with beth wilson bring you a high energy approach to personal growth and creative life change listen every thursday at 4 p.m eastern time 1 p.m pacific time on voice america women's channel let beth bring you back to sanity with a blend of humor and perspective so you can make the change you need quantum leaps with beth wilson thursdays at four p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time, here on Voice America Women's Channel. For the most current and up-to-date information and options in childbearing, family health, and parenting, tune in to Celeste Ranese's Timely Topics in Childbirth, broadcasting every Wednesday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. If you don't know your options, you don't have any. We don't beat you over the head with our opinion, and we listen to yours. The new face of talk radio, Voice America Women's Radio Network.
1: Listening to the Catherine off Show on the Voice America Women's Channel. If you would like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866 472 5788
2: Come back to the Catherine off Show. I am Catherine Zok, your social worker with the microphone on Voice America Women's Network with my co host, Lauren Beller. So would you you know, Lauren, I the, the, these women's getaway things, I think they're a great idea, and I think it's and it's just increasing more and more, I guess, every year women are getting away. I wanted to read you another statistic that in a recent survey of 1,500 women showed that nearly 50% of them had taken all-female trips in the past three years, and 88% of them had plans for another trip or would be interested in a no-men-allowed getaway as quoted in USA Today. And this is not male bashing, it's like Christine. Absolutely said. not, no. yeah, it's, yeah. It's, Men take trips. They've traditionally done it. Women haven't had the opportunities. I I mean, I don't know if they haven't taken the opportunity or the opportunity. What what do you think, Lauren, really hasn't been out there? Because, I mean, 20 years ago, it was hard for women to travel alone in the same way that they do today and not be maybe harassed or feel uncomfortable because there wasn't a man there with them, you know, that kind of stuff.
3: I think it actually stems from our work, um, the work trends over the years. In other words, if you look at the trend of working people, it was most you know 100 years ago, 50 years ago, men worked and with, then they started to travel with work and then it became a fun trip because they could intertwine fun and work and women were home and I think that we it's sort of is catching up now because women are working and traveling for work and all of a sudden we say
2: let's travel for fun too. Yeah. And what's the difference? What would you say the major difference? Have you traveled with your girlfriend? Absolutely. I, mean, uh, I have too. Like the <laughs> difference between traveling with your husband and or spouse or a male as opposed to traveling with girlfriends. What would you say is the big difference? It's a hugely different. <laughs> <laughs> well,
5: it's if you're um,
2: straight,
3: if you're straight, you're not gonna sleep with them,
2: right? No, so it's, it's, you, it's well, a non
3: sexual trip it's, it's, Oh, yeah. non sexual obviously. Well, yeah. not obviously, but yeah no. for me non sexual. Yeah. Um it's hugely different. I think that um Christine said it really well. It's um it's totally different. It's no stress compared to going with your spouse and or family. Yeah. You know, it's just there's no worries. It's like what do you want to do now? Let's go do it and it's more we take care of ourselves better when we're by ourselves. We don't have to be concerned necessarily how we look, fix our hair, wear the right outfit, that kind of stuff, right? I don't um, know. I, I mean, in some ways, if you want to, you can, but you don't have to. It's, a to. it's more of a choice versus the other way is less of a choice probably.
2: How many women would you like to travel with at one time? I mean, big groups or small? I've you know. usually
3: only done small. Me too. I haven't done a big, huge group. However, for my business, I actually am really thinking about doing a end-of-the-year women's travel retreat for goal setting. You know, that's, and that would be a bigger, 20 people.
2: Well, if you do that, Lauren, I think what you should do is what Christina mentioned, do one of those adventure travel trips, because I think that makes it really interesting rather than just going to a, a, a retreat or a place where you you have dinner and you, you know, do the, I think if you can
3: sort of, I don't know if you can do that. Oh, you totally can do that. And I actually, you know, there's a couple adventure travel trips out there. There's one that she didn't mention that I'm going to mention. It's, and I'm really like high on my list. I want to do this. WomenShip. It's WomenShip.com. And it's a program just for women to learn to sail and you must go in groups when you say you have to go in groups does it one is two a group three a group you or could have, go it's very small i think four is the minimum but it doesn't have to be like you could go by yourself and then find out who your three shipmates are but you don't have to do it you also could plan the trip and do it as a as a group of four that you know everybody i think four is their minimum and it goes up to very large ships that they teach you to sail but their motto is is they will help you leave the dock but they will not sail it in you have to oh, you never come back <laughs> right you're just like you'll never return like charlie well, it's on the their MTN. goal is, is that you're the group that they are going to teach as soon as you leave the dock is the group that's going to sail the ship from that point forward and they're going to teach you how
2: so when you say ship how big is the ship and where is it where do you actually sail from all
3: over the country all over the world you could do it out of baltimore out of long island out of venezuela i mean i'm not sure venezuela is one um they all over the world. It's cool. This, I love the concept. I've been high on my list. I really want to do it. You want to go sailing? Yeah, I would like to go sailing. Now, I used to sail, but
2: this was at camp, you know, that I taught, but I haven't done it in so long, and I'm talking about just like little tiny boats. I'm assuming this is a much bigger... She, you're using the word ship. Is it
3: a? Is it how? Well, they it's. I think in some instances, some you go out and stay out and sleep in it, and other times you come back every night. It depends on again the size of the boat. If there's four people, I imagine you're not staying out the whole time. But it could well, be. Who, yeah, who knows?
2: But what about? You need some young guy cleaning up the ship and stuff and doing that kind of work. <laughs>
3: <laughs> they didn't say if the crew was man or you know male or female. They don't say that. And I never asked that question. That's a good question. So it's womenship.com. Yes. And that I would consider to be one of the adventure travel That's an. Isn't that a great adventure travel it kind is. Of, Yeah, and I think when she mentioned that it increased by 200-plus percent, I'm dying to know what the other ones are. You know, what are the other adventure travel women-related trips? I have a feeling there's a lot more.
2: I th- and probably, if you googled adventure travel women, you'd come up with some of the sites. Of course, you have to know which ones are good and which ones exactly aren't, because I'm sure that there are some that are much better than others. But it's uh, this is a huge business, and this is a trend, and I think it's going to just obviously it's increasing. What, what, what was the statistic that I, 125 billion dollars on travel in the 2008? That's estimated. That's how
3: much women are um, are going to spend. It's uh, yeah, it's, that's huge, and I actually can see that because. If you think about women as the, they're the, women are the buyers. Women are, you know, companies always look to sell to women all the time. And if women are looking to travel too, and they're going to, they're traveling for themselves, Sorry, my little dog's ringing. Her chimes outside my door.
2: <laughs> I hear these chimes. I'm listening into my phones, my earphones, my headphones, and I'm thinking, what
3: is that? Am I hearing noises? But, yeah, I am. I'll close my office door. Yeah. It was open. I'm home <laughs> alone, so I had my office door open. Sorry about that. But I do think women are going to buy more. I think it's a part of taking care of ourselves. It's like a new, whole new level of taking care of ourselves. Good point, because
2: if women are going to be in the workforce, and I think you you did mention this earlier, as men have been in the workforce, then they need to have the same kind of relief and release that exactly. men have had traditionally, and that means getting away, and, that, and, and, and as she mentioned, Christina, getting away from the house, getting away from the children, it's okay to do that. Uh, it's necessary to do that. You can't be working either in your own business, corporate America, whatever you're doing, and expect not to have... The opportunity to kind to get a, to, to get refreshed. I keep using the word refresh because I think that that's appropriate, uh, and in the same way that men traditionally have, and it's okay to do that.
3: Absolutely, and I think yeah. well, I, I know when I got back from Costa—not Rica, when I when I went to Costa Rica last month, two months ago now—we did a ton of adventure stuff there. I mean, every and that was part of it. You didn't have to, but I found it was like it was the norm to do more of that than less of that. So
2: it wasn't simply going to the hotel, eating yourself, you know, Ugh, silly no. or sick, and figuring out that what you're going to do for the day, lying on the beach and getting
3: burned, or, and that's it. No, I think that people want to do more different things. And they want to see, I love her point, too, that people want to get into the culture and get a sense of the culture, not just... The um, you know, when I went to, I, I've been to, when I went to Costa Rica, I did not get a sense of the culture so much except for on those excursions that we did. And then when I stayed a couple of years ago, went to Belize, we really went into the community and stayed in this little tiny, quaint little place that was just run by local people. And it was so wonderful, relaxing, and you really got a sense of the, the world, their world.
2: And and there are trips now, Lauren, where one can go, actually high-end trips around the world, let's say in Africa, uh, even second, third world countries, and you stay I guess at lovely ho- nice hotels, but at the same time they plan it, so then you go out into the community and you 'll go to like a healthcare facility or you 'll go to a children 's school or you 'll go to a place where they care for the elderly and you can participate not only give monies but you can also participate in some of the programming which is and, and a lot of uh, and particularly women bring their children there, so they have the opportunity as you say to get into the community, to do something for the community, and hopefully, I guess, these countries want to then have you maintain some kind of a contact so that you can continue to to give in any way that you, you know, want to, and that's another way of doing it.
3: It's actually brilliant, and sounds really nice, doesn't it? That
2: sounds really nice.
3: Yeah, I mean, that would be something to take, like like,
2: Sierra, you're, I mean, not at two years old, but at five years old or six years old, um, that kind of a a vacation. Absolutely, that would be
3: a fun vacation. The other one that I love that is on my radar that I can't go, I want to take my daughter, but um, she can't go until she's 12. It's um, earthwatch.org, and earthwatch is really cool. Talk about adventure. You actually choose the country you want to go to and the animals that you want to research with the researchers, and you become a research assistant for up to two weeks. So let's say you want to study turtles in Costa Rica. You would... You, they hook you up with the trip. They set you up. All of everything's paid for. You know your housing. Your because you, you're not staying in anything. You know crazy expensive. It's just very modest. And the food, It's not like a vacation so much. But you really get to study the animals if you're into animals. So you're helping though. Like you're counting the turtles at midnight of how many turtles leave the nest to le- go to the water and you know how many make it, how many don't. So you're like you're you're the bee counter, the bean counter for the researchers. So give us that website again. What is the website?
2: Earthwatch.org earthwatch.org and this is done all over the country all over, all over the,
3: world. the world all over the world. Earthwatch is lo- is in this country, I don't know where they're located at, but I get their magazine and I've been on their mailing list for a while, but you know I, I'd love to do that. That sounds like fun to me too. Not that I really want to watch turtles at midnight, but um <laughs> you know I, I love you know I love animals and biology and science, and it would be a fun experience to do with a little one. There are more and more creative kinds of trips.
2: I mean, you and I have just touched on two of them, but I have to say there's probably a lot more. I mean, you know, I mean, the one you just described is fantastic. Yeah, I can see you. if you're ch- over 12 is good for the kids. You don't want them to be younger. I think you yeah, get, right, yeah. get something out of it. And you can take these, like, wild, I mean, I'm thinking if you went to the Middle East, you know, camels and, and uh, I, know. I, I saw kangaroos in Australia and, you know, all of these different kinds of animals, what a trip. I mean, that's worth a semester
3: of exactly. school in fifth grade, isn't it? I'd, I'd take her out of school and do three of those a year and be done with school for the year, yeah. you know? That's my that, kind of learning. That's sort of homeschooling but with a little different bent, exactly. right? Yeah. <laughs> home Our home is the world.
2: Yeah. Our home is the world. Exactly. I think have to mention, and I I just want to bring this up because I think you have to, when you travel alone or you're traveling with with other women and it's a women-only trip, you have to be really aware of the culture's attitude towards women and women traveling because that's different than, say, uh, maybe different if you're going to the Middle East than it is if you are going to Europe or if you're going to South America. And there may be subtle cultural differences in terms of how they see women traveling alone and where they can go by themselves and those kinds of things. So. You know, that
3: is a, it is such an important point, and I, I think we often take it for granted of what's safe and what's not. And I think we're a little more aware these days, but it is something to be cognizant of. You know, what's safe, what's not, where should we go, and what's appropriate? Like, will we be seen in certain parts of the other, you know, other parts of the world? Will we be seen as abnormal if we go to certain places by ourselves. Yeah,
2: and what to to wear, and you have to be really, I was very, you know, in the Middle East, I wore skirts, I didn't wear them real short, and I didn't wear tight pants, and and women our age, really, it's not appropriate for us to do that, I mean, and so I didn't. I mean, you could, they're not going to do anything to you, but those kinds of cultural differences. Anyway, we're going to take a break, Lauren and I, and coming up next in this last half hour is uh, Leslie Lair. She is author of Wife Goes On. How about that? Not Life Goes On, but Wife Goes On. So we're going to be talking about the 15 million women over the age of 25 who are divorced here in the United States. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you are listening to Voice America Women's
3: Network. We will be back in a minute.
4: A healthy, attractive smile shows confidence and will give others a great first impression. Tune in to Dr. Chad for Smile Radio. If you have a question that you've always wanted to ask your dentist but were afraid to, Dr. Chad is here to help. Did you know there's a strong connection between oral health and general health and well-being overall? Join us every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific. That's 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel for Smile Radio with Dr. Chad.
2: Welcome back. Thanks for joining us this morning. I'm Catherine Dox, your social worker with a microphone, and you are listening to the Voice America Women's Network. And joining me this morning, joining Lauren and me this morning, is Leslie Lair. She's author of the new novel, Wife Goes On. And today, more than 15 million women over the age of 25 are divorced here in the United States, and that's according to the U.S. Census. People who marry today stand only an 82% chance of making it to their fifth anniversary, and worse yet, only an estimated 33% will ever reach their 25th anniversary. I never reached mine. I reached 20th anniversary. That was it. So with odds like this, it's no wonder that a new product called Marriage Insurance will soon be hitting the market. The longer you're able to stay married, the more money you stand to gain. Never heard of Marriage Insurance, but Leslie's going to tell us about that as well as about her new book, Welcome to the Show. Nice to have you on this morning. Thank you so much. So I guess I'm a kindred spirit. Uh yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh one of the 25 million who never made it to 20 to the 25th anniversary. Uh how long did you how long were you married Leslie?
6: About a month shy of 20 years. I know so,
2: a month shy. I know so yeah. many people who that that's you know how they talk about the seven year itch, but in my experience that month shy of 20 years seems to i know so many people who'd got to that point myself included and and then it it was over but that's i think the, it it may also have to do with the fact that once so much of a part of your life has progressed
6: you look in the mirror and think okay uh what's the rest of my life going to be like that and you realize things that had cropped up years and years ago are going to not change yeah. so
2: yeah, I think that's a good point. So was that the point you decided, okay, now I'm going to write a book about what, you know, my experiences? I mean, you have four women in the book, four protagonists. Um, yes.
6: No, actually, for me, uh there were things going on in my marriage probably ten years earlier, and um what prompted the book was that I was so in denial and thinking everything was fine, and uh finally, when things got to a point and I realized I was, not doing my children a favor by staying married. I was actually being a really bad role model. I still couldn't make the decision, and I had written an essay for the book Mommy Wars, and the editor of that book kind of read between the lines to see that my work-family balance had a lot also to do with my marriage. And <laughs> she invited me to write an essay for another book going on called The Honeyman's Over. And I chronicled the year of my marriage actually literally breaking up in something called Welcome to the Club, My parents had had a horrible, ugly divorce that is still going on in um, some of my relatives' heads, and I just did not want to go there. I didn't want the D. I think because there are so many divorced women doesn't mean that it's any easier. There's still a stigma, except perhaps in younger women who don't have children. But for those of us, like you, who are good moms, have a bunch of kids, and are devoted to the whole family and the white wedding, the fairy tale, everything, it's still a really difficult thing. And so when it got to the point where even I would draw a line in the sand and my ex-husband would cross it, I still couldn't bring myself to do it. And finally, when I, I was able to get through that dark tunnel, I, I had been working on a much darker novel. Which that's what my head was at the time. And I woke up one day, and I was so incredibly happy to have made the decision and get to start my life over. And there was nothing really in the bookstores to reflect that. And the, the four characters in my book, each of them reflect one part of my experience um you know there's the restraining order there's the makeover there's the suburban mom who you know had all the career potential and i had read all the statistics as well uh from the arp that said that women are so much happier after a divorce and nowadays many it, it is often women who do go you know actually file and they say that the reason that we're happier, statistics indicate that we're happier because, like you and, and so many others, we all can work. We're better educated. We're healthy. We live a lot longer than the 40 years that, you know, at the beginning of the century um, people lived. Uh, and I just thought that wasn't true. I thought that wasn't why I was successful. I don't know anyone who is doing really well with alimony and very happy because of, you know, because they get to work full time. I think that it was because of my friends. And I think that was a difference. My mother's generation was more ashamed. They, um, you know, didn't air their dirty laundry. Now we get to wash it together. Yeah. So I think the emotional connection makes all the
2: difference. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that's, I mean, that, that is the key. And that's, And, and I, I just want to go back because I think what you said was really, uh, at least it, it struck a chord with me, the whole fact of, uh, you know, they talk about, well, people getting divorced and it's just, you know, it's so common. But you know what? It it's not common when it happens to you and when you are yeah. responsible and when you really you do feel guilty and it's not so easy to talk about it. And I remember going to... School with my—I have three boys—and and mm-hmm. feeling embarrassed that you know that yes. I'm divorced. And I mean, it, it, the, the numbers have increased, unfortunately, or fortunately, I don't know. However, you view it, but it still is. And the pro, it's still your own process, and it's very painful, and it's very difficult. still heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking. And Leslie, you're taking For yourself, everyone, se- yeah, because you take yourself seriously. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not someone who goes in and out of marriages, you know, uh, no, casually. Run. but this whole thing as you talk about and I think this—what what is marriage insurance because I know we're going to get to the end of the show and I'm never going to know what it is <laughs> <laughs>
6: marriage insurance is a new product that's still being improved in a lot of states and I actually was just googling one day you know uh, trying to figure what's going on and prenups have kind of a nasty ring and, and if I get married again I don't know what I would do but I came across this company who has this product that they're called marriage insurance that is almost it's like I had a hit and run recently someone hit my car and It was, I thought, well, I have car insurance, you know. I mean, why wouldn't I, for the price of a cup of coffee a day, put a little money down? Because relationships can be like hit and run, too. And the uh, people who are, you know, building this product assured me that it's not, You're not gambling against your marriage. You're investing in it, and it is sort of not like an annuity. I don't understand that much about insurance policies, but it seemed like maybe a wise thing. And if I do get remarried, why not invest a couple dollars a day? And if it doesn't work out and I don't, you know, marry for money or do very well, at least I'll have money to cover myself during the transition. That's It seems
2: so simple, and it's such a great idea. You're so right. So is it something that's a legal kind of insurance that you buy, or is it something that you create yourself in in a bank? Oh,
6: no. It's a company called Safeguard Guarantee, and they're in the East Coast. They're in the process of getting this all approved, and um, I – I just kind of stumbled upon them and the man assured me that uh it really isn't an anti-marriage thing. And just like my book, Life Goes On, it's not man bashing. It's about empowering women. And that's what this is about too. It's the kind of thing where the longer you stay married, the more you get and you could cash out at any time. It's like kind of a I guess like a bank account, you know, a savings account. And um, for those of us like you who have been married long enough to have multiple kids or at least really a big investment in your identity in the marriage, um, you know, thinking that you're a wife, wives can go on and why not have a little bit of security as well.
2: And the other thing about that is I think it it, it contrary to it, it being man bashing it's the opposite because I think if women feel they have some security some marriage insurance you know they're not going to be so apt to go after somebody for alimony or to Oh my so, gosh
6: yeah, yes, you're absolutely right, and in fact, I think the most amazing thing is that even in my book, I, invite, I have findings all over the country coming up uh, for wife goes on, and a lot of the men are a little weary of thinking I'm pro divorce, and of, of course I'm not. All these women love men. I love men. I took a long time to start dating, but found a great guy, and, and you know I, who knows what will happen. But the thing is that we do want to go on, and I know a lot of women who do that rule of wing walking well, they dump for one man to another, mainly because of the security involved, I think, and and the fear of being alone. And I think the big point of life goes on is that we're not alone. There's all these other women, and it's important to love yourself and find out what you enjoy in life and have a great life. And then you can, you know, choose and maybe make a better choice with the next man or have a relationship that's more healthy. And a product like marriage insurance can give you a little more security to do that.
2: Yeah, and you know what it is, Leslie? It's really dealing with what is with the reality rather than this uh Cinderella version of of marriage or that people stay together, or I mean all of they do some do and some don't, but I think it has no. it's, yeah, it's my well, TV shows, <laughs> you know the most
6: popular TV shows and the reality shows beyond the American Idols are the wedding shows. It's all about the white dress and the cake. And I, I always think of these, these young women, you know, who are all also driven by hormones, I think, um, you know, they think so much about the wedding and they don't really think about what comes after. It's, it's like a lot of the fairy tales end with the wedding. And actually, as the rest of us know, that's just the beginning.
2: Yeah, and the average wedding is the average wedding in the United States. We've got a minute left. I could go on and on, yes. but it's twenty thousand dollars. So why not take ten thousand dollars of that and put that into right. marriage insurance? And it's a much more practical way of viewing the whole thing. But we can buy your book. Bookstores everywhere. You're going to be yes. on the road. Yep. Yeah. Yes.
6: And, Wife goes on, and I have a website. Wife dash goes dash on. There's contests and all kinds of fun little videos and jokes and things. So.
2: Terrific! Great having you on the show. I really I learned something today that I had never marriage insurance, ladies. And thank you, Catherine. Thank you, Leslie Lair. Wife goes on. So go online, take a look, and uh, buy her book and uh, get some uh, marriage insurance. I guess good idea, right, Lauren? This, well, I guess. Lauren, I love it. No, no I always I love do that. It. I always say goodbye, Lauren, and she's already left.
3: But no, I feel I, like I was already. I didn't know you were going to –
2: yeah, I think it's a great idea. I do, too. Anyway, we got to say goodbye. Great. Good show today, and uh, I'll I'll see you in Texas. You've been listening to The Catherine Zock Show, your social worker with a microphone on Voice America Women's Network. Have a great week, and uh, we'll see you next Thursday.